Hey, ma'am, fam, Kent here. Hope you're doing spectacular. Here's a little VIP preview for you of our Into the Wild throwback episode, one of Brian's favorite movies. And if you're a VIP, you not only get access to this episode, but also the hundreds of our other VIP episodes, our Discord access, our AMAs, special gifts, so much more. Sign up, notaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. It'll be worth your while. So here's a little preview of this week's episode. I'll have to talk about this one. First off, first thing that always comes to note is I'm like researching this because we're about to talk before we get in the actual narrative of the film. You know, it made almost 60 million bucks. Like it was more successful. It felt like kind of a, a fizzle mm-hmm. um, at the time. And it it wasn't. And for this kind of source material, given the release and, and everything, I don't know. Maybe I had a weird perception of it. But I remember these were during the Borders years. So this soundtrack was playing a lot. This was supposed to be like a big kind of zeitgeisty Oscar thing. And I think it got a couple nominations, but it wasn't as big as I think a lot of us thought it would be maybe. So mm-hmm. anyway, Brian, I'm going to throw you first because this seems very much in your wheelhouse. What was your experience with this initially? What is your opinion on this film 15 years later? Yeah, I was very excited for this. Um, Into the Wild is is probably my favorite nonfiction book um, ever. and I love- Non-erotica. Mm-hmm, right, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's an important qualifier, Brian. <laughs> Most is of Fifty is Shades of Grey fiction, fiction or is it fan yeah. fiction? Yeah. Are those yeah. the same? Most of it's very fictiony. Um, well, is Chewbacca real or fake? That's, that's <laughs> up to us to decide. Chewbacca mom is real, so um, the <laughs> all too real. She knows your name. Yeah, she knows well, you work at church. Book. She knows which church it is. We told her everything. Ay ay ay, great bit. Um, I, yeah, this I love this book. John Krakauer is my my favorite author, and uh, yeah. I, I mean, I love I love everything that 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 he's ever written. Um, I read this book in high school, like a lot of people did, I think, and um, and was really taken by it, like a lot of people are, and uh, have revisited it many times over the years. Um, so I was really excited about this movie, but also kind of a little bit. Dre- I remember, I remember kind of dreading it a little bit, just just based on like, you know, number one, I love this thing. So if it doesn't measure up to the book or isn't you know even close, then you know, how am I going to feel about that? But also it's not a fun, I mean, it's not fun. It's not a fun story. It's, I think that for some people it's really inspiring in places, but it has a really, you know, awful traumatic ending. And mm. there's things all along through the course of, of the book. And then, and then the movie where you're just like, could you please make a better choice here? And <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a, uh, it's a weird one. It's 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 not. I don't get as as emotional with this as I do with with uh, you know other movies that uh, have you know made me uh, sob over over the years. Um, but it is always kind of an emotional thing. Like I I was watching it last night and <clears throat> I moved from my I had about an hour left in the movie. I moved from my office to the living room. Um, usually I go in, usually at the end of the night, I end up in the living room with, you know, reading my book and, and just kind of chilling and try to get out of my office for the last 30 or 30 minutes or an hour that I'm awake. And, um, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to turn that back on. I'm going to go to modern family or whatever. I think I want to end the night, not on the downer of that last hour, but it's presented really well. And it's not like, I don't think anyway, I don't think it's, um, emotional terrorism or, or, um, 
uh, suffering porn or, or whatever else. I think it's, it's, it's done very well. It's just that this story ends very tragically and probably could, at least on some level could have been avoided. And so, um, anyway, I, I love this movie, but it's not one that I rewatch frequently. And I would say that I, I reread the book more frequently than I, than I, um, than I watch the movie, but, uh, one that I, that I quite like. And I, I think last thing I'll say there, sorry, is, is, no. As far as the award stuff goes, man, why did it come out in 2007? Like, if this was a 2006 yeah. movie, I think maybe a lot different on that front. But 2007, 2008, yeah. both really good years and just a hard time to... Uh, I mean, how are you putting this up against, you know, No Country for Old Men and and There Will Be Blood and all mm-hmm. those movies that, that came out in 2007? It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough yeah. time to come out. But It's uh, a great point. Yeah. Love this movie. Love this book even more. Um, and it was... Uh, won't say it was a fun revisit, but I was I was happy to revisit it here for for the show. Kent, what about you? This came out. These all these oh seven oh eight mm-hmm. kind of movies. Uh, you always have an interesting relationship with because it's kind of when you were touring a lot and things like that. So, what was your when, what was your experience with this movie the first time? And what's your opinion yeah. now? Yeah, I remember seeing it back then. I think it uh, probably was getting some awards buzz back then, and I remember seeing it. In its original uh, release window, oh, nice. or or if not, right when it hit the screeners or or whatever back then, and was just you know pretty blown away by it because I had no context going in. I hadn't read the book or anything, but gotcha. I was a fan of uh, Emil Hirsch <laughs> back then, and obviously Eddie Vedder and and uh, uh, Vince Vaughn pops up, other you know some other people, but um. Was what do you into think worse that moose that spoils or Vince Vaughn just on set. What do you think, <laughs> Brian? It's weird that maggot moose is the name of Vince Vaughn's uh, fragrance. It's just weird, <laughs> weirdly coincidental. The um, thing about it is, though, is I had forgotten recently how much of an investment this movie is um, emotionally. Time wise, I mean, I've forgotten this thing was two and a half hours long. I guess it didn't, it didn't, uh, I didn't remember that about the first time, or it's not something after seeing it uh, back then that I remembered, like, oh man, that movie was long. Uh, so I think the first time, I think I just was remembering, I was like, I guess I must have just taken it in the first time and just been like totally transfixed by it. I mean, it didn't affect me as much because back then I was living in a van and stuff. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like, why, you know, why do people put themselves through this was, was more the thinking that I, I found in it. It was less inspirational and more of a warning <laughs> against doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you have yeah. means to survive or whatever, even though obviously his family situation plays a big role into why he does what he does. It's not all about right. money, right. but I, I'm blown away at how impactful it's become, though, in that in mm-hmm. this 50, these 15 years, how it's still a movie that that all, constantly comes up. The movie, I mean, the book is constantly on the bestsellers list. The right. the the vinyl, you can't even get it. You got to get it on bootleg, and even that's a, like a back order type mm-hmm. thing, you know. So it's like amazing how this movie has still resonated. And and Emil Hirsch has kind of disappeared, like Christopher McCandless, you know. He just kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind of faded away, you know. Obviously, you know there was uh, circumstances behind such such things, but I mean, this is Speed like Racer. 
Were those circumstances? <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> the thing about uh, this one, it, it feels like a more. I don't know. We we talked about Nomadland recently, and I and I put that in this in this camp. Mm-hmm. Subject wise, but the thing about we, that we said about that one is what makes it different is those people weren't doing it by choice. <laughs> like they had mm-hmm. to be, yeah, in that situation. Whereas Christopher McCandless's was, you know, gave away his money and and had family to support him and still did this. You know, so I think that that's the difference, and that and that's why people become so inspired by it over the years. And mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. just thought of it as a really good movie, and less less is like this. Uh, you know, this life changing event, mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense. What's interesting, I think, um, is it, over the last like 10 years or so, I think there's been some kind of shifts on like, we know a little bit more about McCandless and his family and John Krakauer, like very famously about 10 years ago, wrote a story kind of retracting his theory as to what happened to him and, mm-hmm. and, establishing instead that it, it wasn't negligence it was that he was at least in his 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 thoughts was that he was he was poisoned by some bad um, pumpkin or uh, potato seeds and and i think we know a little bit better now like as a society how traumatic family issues and drama and abuse can be and stuff and how that shifts your perception but for the forever if you talk to people about into the wild it was it was a very polarized response all right, guys, hope you enjoyed this little preview. If you want the full episode, it's mattaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Get every single bonus episode we ever do. Thanks.